You are listening to Is There an Echo in Here? A podcast about Echo and the Bunnymen. so tired of that intro thing but it's Shane classic. made it Shane made it and he loves me so he thinks my Write voice us a letter is and tell is us your opinion of our intro music and announcement you are listening to I think there's no <laughs> how I really sound it's one of those things like you're gonna mess it up by changing it like mystery science theater 3000 true, man. yeah I like, know never make a new too distant future next Sunday AD you know like when Shalala. like and then they changed it, and it wasn't as good. Yeah, I don't even know what Because, oh, we're going to improve it. No. Well... There's no improving <laughs> like that. Anyway, we're, yeah. talk, we're talking about our, our, our uh, intro music. That thing you just heard of me, being like, you are listening to, you are listening to us. It has like a you know? retro quality to it. <laughs> it Your has like a nasal, a nasally twang to it. But you know... There's something about the overdub that worked really well, though. With Shane me. really likes it when it comes in real clear over. Yeah, that the harmony is nice. Anyway, listen, <gasps> we got a lot of cool stuff going on here. This is a podcast about Echo and the Bunnymen, okay? You you need to know before we get into it, that is what this is about. And this is a podcast where I come into my partner Shane's studio. I say, hey, stop what you're doing. We're about to talk about my favorite band, Echo and the Bunnymen. And so I like to start each episode by asking Shane, what were you working on tonight? Well, uh, <laughs> at the moment I was uh, I was just playing some bluegrass <laughs> on, guitar, on the guitar. Playing some bluegrass music. Hmm. Yeah, that's it. I don't know. What can I tell you? <laughs> Okay, I tell you. you. Yeah, he's got to give an honest answer, you know. I mean, that's what happened. Uh, before that, I was arranging this Charles Mingus song for the guitar. And then how did it happen? Tell us how it happened. How the bluegrass happened? Yeah. I have, did you okay. just find yourself being like... Well, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, you know, the thing about bluegrass music is that it's so driving rhythmically that I'm interested in it. Just like I think it's a good thing to have under your belt. And then also it's a communal music. So if I get like some actually decent and some repertoire. If we can ever commune. Yeah, if, if we can, can ever commune again be in a room. Uh, with other humans, <laughs> I'll uh, maybe be go to a bluegrass show. jam. Why the fuck not? Go out there go and play some tunes. And they'll be like, who's this 45-year-old man uh, coming <laughs> on the scene kicking so much ass? You know what I mean? Where you been for the last 25 years? I'd be like, I was just playing some experimental fucking weird prog math rock shit. Sorry, but and that now prepares I'm ready you for to play everything. Blackberry Blossom. I'm ready to play the Blackberry Blossom. I'm ready to play like the Ruby. New River Train. I'm ready to play, you know, Mama Don't Lie, whatever, you know. So let's do this. <laughs> well, I'm glad to know more about that, but you know, there's nothing really that matters very much. Except for the announcement that we're about to make to you, the listener. Oh, look at this cat. It's going to fucking knock all my records over. That girl needs to go outside. The suspense is building, Shane. 
But I want to wait for you to come over here before I tell them. Before I tell Michael Nelson and Todd Gruel and Allison and, okay. you know, our six uh, besties. We have an announcement to make. <laughs> and it's an important, important one. It's the, the most important. It's the most important thing that's ever What's this happened in about? my life. It's about Echo and the Bunny All Machine. Right. Go. What is What happened? What's our announcement? Okay. Our, our next episode is an interview with a man named Will Sargent. What? You might know him as the guitarist for Echo and the Bunnymen. Oh, shit. The subject of our podcast. I just want to make it clear. And my favorite band. Mm. Continue shame. That's so beautiful. <laughs> I just want to make it clear that that episode will feature an interview that we did. <laughs> So it's not as though we're going to just like play an interview that someone else did. I yeah, like on the like, it was like we got in the room on the Zoom, the Zoom room. We had the Zoom room. All I want to do is put my Zoom, <laughs> Zoom, Zoom in the boom, boom, and we got in there and we talked face to face with Will Sargent for two hours, and that's our next episode. We'll feature most of that. I mean. And I, I got to tell you, um, I want to say it, it, it happened very quickly. It was like, you know, Shane one day was like, why don't you ask so-and-so how to get in touch with them? And I did. And then it was like one day later, you know, he was like, hey, when do you want to do this? And then, then, and then like the next day, like I, I like, how about tomorrow? Hardly had time. <laughs> to paint my nails or even figure out what to ask him. And so it was like, I didn't have any time to prepare. And I was like, even doing a podcast about this guy for three <laughs> fucking years and listening to his music for like 25 years. I think God. you're good. I think you're, you're in a position to carry on a convo. Yeah. You know, I realized when I was sitting there that I, <laughs> at times I knew more than he did about the goings on, but he is coming on he has a new book out called bunny man. And it's already been published in the UK, and we are now, all of us, all of the listeners, are waiting for this book to come out in the wintertime. In the US. In the US. In the US. Because right. it already came out in England. I know. Did you already say that? Yeah. All right. I was no. just facing out. I don't bit, know but, what I said okay, anymore. Anyway. I'm in a daze. We've been in a daze for days. We've been in a right. daze for days. And went up to Villiers Terrace. You know, and there was a part of me, I mean, when it happened, I just, it's unbelievable. And I kept thinking, you know, I don't deserve this, you know. Oh, but you do. You do. You deserve this. And and you know what? Our listeners deserve this. And the fact of the matter is, like, it happened. (laughs) I don't know. I was going to say, I thought I was going to say something more profound than that. Uh, uh, We We wanted to represent the Bunny fans as well as we could for this interview. Well, I, mm, more like to represent like our listeners yes. who are also Bunny fans. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> you've been to their shows, man. It's like kind of a mixed bag. But anyhow. What? We what? can't. We can't. <laughs> <their friends laughs> of course. <on> what? <laughs> 
Just kidding. Okay, so anyway, <laughs> might to, anyway. might have to backtrack a little, no, just no, in no, case. Just no, in no, case. No, no, they, they know. Our listeners know that's also true because yeah. there's a bunch of fans. They're not going to listen to us. You know what I mean? So yeah. this is for our listeners. But there are Bunnyman fans from all walks of life. I'm not knocking Some them. are cool. Some are uncool. Some are big. Some are small. Some are young. Some are old. And, and some we talk about this kind of thing with Will a little bit. Yep. You know, like Did different we? groups of people. Not about the fans, but like when he was talking about like his motorcycle gang or whatever. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> just wait. Just wait. I might have taken that part out, but. Anyway, I, I just cannot. He was so kind and generous with his time that it's like, it's just something special when the band you love, like the person in it is like truly awesome. Oh, yeah. It's great. It <laughs> tells like good stories and is, is nice. Stick around. Like, cause especially nice. That's not what's happened today, though. We're not doing, we're nope. not going to, we're not talking, we're very far from it. No. But we're just giving you a little teaser this is a regular weed episode this episode this episode hmm it's it's a weird one you know it's it's um we're going back over some things okay it's like the calm before the storm we're gonna be revisiting some old friends we're gonna kind of lean into the teardrops a little bit get to know david balfi uh talk a little bit about julian cope and ian mcculloch's relationship and their past with the shallow madness all right and what else are we doing in this thing i mean it just goes on and on but i mean we go in many directions and hopefully by the end of it they will have chosen a record label to sign okay they, they got multiple offers okay so let's get into this all right let's do this let's do it and uh next time you It'll know be even better yeah <laughs> It's, it's like calm before the storm, you know what I'm saying? Man? Should, we, should we fade in with Riders in the Storm? No. Check it out to say The piece of wool of plugs out On our history On all of mystery, Here's a little story I got to tell about three bad brothers you know so well. <laughs> they started way back All in right. history. Listen. Will Sargent, um, Les Pattinson, and me, Mackie. Okay. okay. Uh, they had a little notes? drum machine named Echo. Oh, I found it. All right. Okay. Okay, so let's keep it pushing a little bit here. The narrative of this story of these men. <laughs> yes. So they've been writing some songs. Yeah. They've also been, Max been washing his hair. Right. Will's been four-wheeling. Or hey, Wooly back on a four-wheel. You know? Okay. And Les, he's going to be Les. Les is going to be Les. Les is doing Les. Les is doing Les. Right. He's working in the boatyard or something. Yeah, he's still he's still there. All right. So, the bunny men, okay, they go and they decide to make a demo, a demo tape, right? They go to this rundown studio above a Chinese restaurant and they record monkeys, happy death men, and pictures on my wall. Mm. Okay. Okay. I am familiar with these songs. 
So they do. They make this demo so that maybe they can get signed, okay? Mm-hmm. But it doesn't matter because no one's going to listen to their demo. They're going to just be signed based on, you know, their name alone. Yes. And also the fact that, like, they're all just living in this town together, right? They all yeah. know each other. I mean, just but they made that demo. It's whatever. Where is it now? People just, you just say something <laughs> and, it, it, and it comes to be. That's right. That is the truth. Okay. Got a band name? You're in a band. Yep. That's that's exactly right. So, so remember that boring episode where I started talking about these two burgeoning record labels? Yes. Okay. Tell me what you remember. Let's have a little recap. Which episode was that? Oh, I mean. It was like three of them ago? It was like three oh. years ago, maybe. No, but it wasn't that long ago. Anyway, so there's a record label... It's okay. Called Factory Records out of Manchester. Yes. That's run by a guy whose name I still wait. Oh, I got a book. Someone, my friend, our friend of the podcast loaned me a book. And yeah. this book is by Mick Middles and it's called Joy Division New Order The True Story of Anthony H. Wilson and Factory Records. So we're talking about Anthony Wilson. Okay. <laughs> Yes, that is his surname. Uh huh. Okay. Tony, we, he goes by Tony. Tony. We can call him Tony. Anthony. <laughs> Sorry. It's, you okay. know. Well, anyway, so there's that. And then there's the one that. Ooh, the Eric's. I almost said Drummond, but the Eric's people. The Eric's people. Is, and who are the Eric's people? The Eric's people. God, this is like, it's. we've been so out of the loop on this. Hold on. Roger Eagle, oh man, it's coming back. I just yeah, got to yeah. get back in, yeah. this, in this world. Start revving Roger the Eagle, and that's it. He's running back. No, no, he's got a friend. He's got a friend named... Two record Will, labels. Will, if two, I get listen, this. two record labels, yes. each consisting of two friends. Okay. Oh, so Tony Wilson plus... No, well, okay, forget, he has a friend. Tony okay. He's, he's just okay. like something Roger Eagle and I'm going to say Pete... Pete is a Pete. It's a Pete. Oh, it's a Pete. Um, and it's a Finkler. Finkler. No, no. Oh, Pete. Fuller. Fullwell. 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 Pete Fullwell. I don't know him. All right. Anyway, (laughs) I want to say Finkler. I want to say Balfi. All right. So, you know, Roger Eagle and Pete Fullwell come a courting. They hear about the, you know these guys in a band they play a few more shows yes, and they're interested yes. okay you know well they're playing at their club they're playing at their club yeah and and will you know the rest of the band are kind of thinking about so it so cool yeah yeah and they're running a club you know it's no really cool no help from tony wilson who as you'll remember lives 45 bag- minutes away uh, yes yes uh, yeah <laughs> he exactly <laughs> he has a bad acid trip and he uh-huh. and Roger Eagle, who were going to do a joint label, all that crumbles, okay? We're doing some recapping yeah, on Yeah, yeah, gotcha. He Meanwhile, like, there's yeah. another record label uh-huh. that is emerging. Tell me. Oh, yes. And this one is called Zoo? Yes. Oh, my gosh. You oh, my gosh. Steel Trap. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, Come oh on down. So I uh, I get the prize for that one. That's my yes, yes. So uh, now who's in that band? I mean that record well, label. I, I wish we were that, talking about a band. But Zoo Records is started by and we are in a way Bill Drummond. Yes, yes. That's and an easy one for me. And his friend Jimmy Cotty. 
No, that's KLF. Woo. Okay. But that's good. That's I know. Good. I know some things about drumming because I kind of deep, deep dove him on occasion. You got Balfi. Of course. Balfi. Who's a drummer for Made in Japan? Something. Something. Anyway, let's move it on. Okay. We know <laughs> so, Balfi and drumming. Yep. Yep. You need a friend. You need a friend. Right. That's the moral of this. Okay. And so they're thinking they're going to start a record label. Okay. Okay. Um, he's going to start a record label with his, his friend who has a car. His dad has a car. Yeah. So that makes him a viable. Alfie's dad has a car. Yeah. And that's kind of the, you oh, know. The, so he's hired. He's hired. And so they're going to set up a little office on Button Street. Just a little office. Just cute as a button. Button Street. All right. Um, Balfi and... Uh, and just right in downtown Liverpool. Liverpool. Just like right yeah. on, you know. On the we, strip. On the strip. Exactly. All right. Okay. So you're setting up an office to start a record label. So what are you going to need in that office? Let's say you can only choose four items. Okay. What are the most important things? Okay. I'm setting up an office. I'm going to want a desk. Got it. Chair. Got the chair. Uh, I'm going to want... Uh, and this is, the well, you know, 1979. Okay, so telephone. That's right. Okay. All right. Uh, and last but not least... <laughs> um, we were going to talk about this last item. Well, it's not a computer because it's... It's a different era. That's right. It's so, some stationery. I would think some stationery. I would think like a maybe a printer, a typewriter, 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 or like word processor of some sort. I or... guess. But you know what they got was a tape recorder. Okay. All right. For uh, for yeah, what? For so what? <laughs> to exactly. dictate. I think it's to dictate and just you know maybe record your phone meetings <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah yeah record your phone calls uh yeah just your ideas <laughs> demos i was also In thinking that demos. i mean i'm just sitting here i'm like reading along it is a music like, label okay, after all that right. yeah yeah i mean where are those tapes now that's the question so so yeah they got their little office together they're in business they, these are some utilitarians yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, especially. Yeah. I mean, and especially making it work. I mean, Drummond. That's his whole thing. Is like. Yeah, he put out do a mortgage it. on his house. But he'll just make it happen. Him. He'll just make. Th- he just makes things happen. Yeah. Like manifests ideas. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, that is the spirit that is going to drive this band forward. Yeah. You know, that make it work kind of spirit. Yeah. And he's going to make them work. Right. A little bit harder than uh-huh. they were. Yeah. And huh. so, you know, so what do they do? Their first move is to put out Teardrop Explodes. Right. Because Bill Drummond loves the name. He hasn't heard the band, but he hears Teardrop Explodes and he thinks, man, I got to sign him. Put out this record for $26 okay. called Sleeping Gas. All right. $26. That, or pounds, excuse me. Pounds. What are you talking about? That's how much he spent. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Sleeping Gas. It was recorded, um, excuse me, 36 pounds. What? What was 36 pounds? Th- that's the cost of recording it and putting it out. Mm. That's everything. No way. What? 
and it received rave reviews. I don't know how many they pressed, okay. but it got rave reviews in the national music press. Okay. okay. All right. Should we listen to Sleeping Gas? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Definitely. Okay. So this is uh, Teardrop Explodes. Yeah, this is Teardrop Explodes. First single. First single and first release on Zoo Records. had almost like this like television characteristic to it like that they were i mean i don't know yeah where, i mean it seems like they're contemporaneous maybe with that but um everybody listens to television television's first yeah i'm not sure what the timeline is but uh but anyway yeah i, I wasn't expecting it to sound like that so like plinky you know yeah and then it seemed like they were kind of almost doing like a you know like an interlocking polyrhythmic thing the way like television would you know but it's like a sort strong guitar-based thing, electric guitar, an organ yeah. kind of instrumentation happening there. And that bass, it, yeah. it's a great Brrr. mix. I feel like Brrr. it sounds really Brrr. good. Yeah. yeah, it's a good bass tone. Now, Balfi recorded that, and there's a whole story about how he made Julian do the vocals twice, and Julian did not want to do them twice. Oh, really? He thought the first one could not get any better, and then That's he like threw a fit and laid down on like a desk somewhere and fell asleep and then Balfi was like seriously get over here and <laughs> do, do it yeah you know i recently i've been thinking about this thing about vocal takes lately yeah because that someone a friend of mine posted on twitter uh, how like bjork uh does three vocal takes okay the impression i get is like three full passes right and that's it and she's like it's not getting any better than that and then you that's can like ian has a similar and then i think you can cobble at that point yeah like take parts yeah. of different ones. like the like david gilmore's guitar solo and comfortably numb was who like does, three passes who are the, who's the person who does like 12 like does a person sit there all night and do I like think, yeah 20? i think people get they like belabor it yeah but then they have like diminishing returns in terms right. of like and people will like cut stuff together i mean you know it depends on what you're talking about that happens all the time though right yeah just kind of like put little punches and stuff yeah but and the vocals sound good on this also they are um very mm-hmm. serviceable and kind of that reaching yeah reaching note he does yeah and exactly yeah. that's right that's good yeah. i like this yeah i like it too this is a a balfi production that's you did a good job yeah i think he didn't know what he was doing yeah i mean i don't think so he just the mics up and hit record it's amazing how that works yeah it is <laughs> <laughs> i mean there's, there's, there's he no... knew to do the vocals twice yeah Okay. But it got rave reviews in the national music press. Okay. okay. London music businesses at that point became aware of Liverpool. Okay. Until then, there had never been explodes. a band from Liverpool. Uh-huh. No one had ever heard of it. It was like this forgotten city right, way up right. in the north. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. They're the first bands to come out of Liverpool. Yes. That anyone I mean, gave a shit about. 
So anyway, okay. That's so London's like okay. All right. London calling. Let's let's put a thumbtack on the map here. Okay. There's a city over there. There's a city. It's not just shipping and receiving. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. So they've got this band on their label, man. Man. Teardrop. Yeah. Explodes. So you know, record labels and the bands they sometimes like hang out. Okay, Chris Adams has a lengthy quote in here. It's from Truman's book, From the Shores of Lake Placid and Other Stories. And he recalls a conversation with Cope. Cope says, You should make a record with McCull's band. What are they called? Echo and the Bunnymen? So we're going to pause here, okay? You just read that. Pause. (laughs) He he recommends to Bill Drummond that he sign Echo and the Bunnymen, right? Yes. Okay. That's this is, is the, that is the story. That's the story, that's right? That's what I'm being Drummond told. said it. Yeah. Okay, it happened. So we we need to go back down Julian Cope Lane. We need to revisit the relationship between Mac and Julian Cope because this is not the first time. He has helped them, Echo oh, and the Bunny Men. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He got them their first show, and now he's going to recommend that they sign with this label, yeah. with his label. What a nice guy. Right? Yeah. So we, we have to go back in time. Or is he? <laughs> you know, and we've talked about this a little bit on here, but you know, this, this shit is fun. So we're going back over it for two reasons, okay? First is because Cope is instrumental in getting them signed, okay? Because he said one sentence to Bill Drummond at a party, probably drunk, standing against a wall somewhere. Yeah. So we want to provide some context and explore his motivation again, all right? Mm-hmm. But also, the other reason that we're going back over this is because I just found a recording of A Shallow Madness on the internet no way. now it's been up i think okay. for like seven years oh, all right i thought but it was new to me and i hmm. guess i'd never googled on youtube a shallow madness or something you so, googled on the youtube i googled on youtube it kind of just appeared in my feed i'm not ready i know it is that's how i felt that's crazy I felt so not wait, 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 wait. okay cool cool so we got who's in this it's ian yes. paul simpson yep and cope and cope and, and that's it? no. Let's please don't forget about Davy Pickett. Oh yeah. Let's not we forget. We always him. forget about Davy Pickett. I know. I know we do. Um okay. You've got the book in your hand. Oh no, I didn't mean to. Yeah, no, that's great. You just picked it up. Julian um, Cope head on. Julian Cope. We got to talk about Julian Cope. He's a guy who every step of the way has helped the bunny men along right what a nice guy right well why do we portray know. him as like some kind of <laughs> evil saboteur when, when i when we uh, do yeah. our reenactments well the reason we do that voice and stuff you mm-hmm. know is because that's what he sounds like oh okay like if you listen to an interview with him from today from long he ago, sounds like my character he sounds him. you sound exactly like him so yes yeah, it is. Oh, like it's the modern antiquarian. <laughs> the Druids. 
the uh, druids, but there's more of like a very dramatic, and that's kind of what I'm that's kind of what I'm getting into here is that he's given him this stuff out of guilt. He's he's furthering the narrative. I don't know that it's guilt guilt because he kicked him out of the band. I think that must have been it. I think that's okay. as complicated. Because I think about people's motivations now and like, uh, you know, uh, on the scene is a lot of times. I mean, I guess people operate from guilt, but like a lot of times it sounds like run of the mill social climbing to me. Just like, you know, forging a connection, forging a connection that, that might benefit. You know, him and his band later. Right. Yeah. Like people be doing that stuff. Yes. But I don't know. That's a cynical take. Right. Well, it's, it's not a always cynical, like that. Yeah, but it's cynical. Yeah. That's how it's presented. So we're just going to go along with that because, you know. Mm-hmm. Okay. But you know what? Okay. This is what I think of their whole thing, their whole relationship. Okay. 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 This is my new thinking about All it. All right. I think that Cope likes Mac. Okay. Uh-huh. He likes him. Yeah. He wants him to like him back. Mm. So he's doing this stuff. He wants to be his friend again. I he see. knows he's burned okay. him, you know. Now the part that doesn't make sense is stealing that song. Like if it is like stole stolen from right, right. then that's weird you know and then you're yeah. like giving him stuff but then you hate him well, like, I, my i think my hypothesis on that is correct <laughs> that they just that they were like wasted and it was like oh, and it was a late night session and they kind of yeah. like the lines got blurred i don't but but i would think that except mac is so vehement he's like it's like how could you do that i just don't understand how someone could do that yeah and i think I he would concede no, I'm, not, I'm just saying that cope believes that he wrote it cope is all i'm not saying he's lying (laughs) on purpose okay but then if my friend kept saying to me you i i was i wrote it and i wasn't sure you fucking oh something bad happened yeah we gotta stop (laughs) our cat just knocked over a bunch of water but before that you were saying i was saying oh just that cope uh cope just has a memory that he wrote that song in his mind and it's very certain what right or so wrong sure. right. <laughs> like <laughs> see i would just i would just tell myself it didn't happen if someone was like it really no courtney like i'm i'm easily persuaded but this is a a man who's not but you know he doesn't really like make a real case for it. it's mine the way that that ian does so you're kind of right there but it's like okay but as i was saying I feel like he likes Mac and wants him to like him right. back. But is Mac kind of just like... Mac seems like a little, little out of reach. A little out of reach. Does he? But does Mac get like a friend crush sometimes? See, I think he gets excited. He gets excited about like a person, wants to hang out with them. Yeah. Does, you know? Right. Does he? Does he? I do, I'm thinking like, yeah, because he'll talk about like... Talking about Margie Smith, something. But, you know, because they're all British, you know, they have to, like, bottle up their feelings. Yeah. And so you wouldn't you wouldn't have any real notion of this. But I just want to believe that Cope wants to be his friend. Like you said, Mac, probably not really giving a shit. It's like unrequited love. And then the dude gets super famous. And, you know, you have to just live with the fact you kicked him out of your band and stuff. Yeah, but you know that's a, that's a that's a 
a buzzkill, probably <laughs> for him. Yeah, <laughs> but he's kind of turning into like a work of art, and we can read about it and head on. And so, and we're just gonna paint him as the guy. He doesn't who, really. Does he really do anything bad, or does he just kind of? <laughs> complain a lot kind of wish them ill yeah, you know he just like hovers around you know i mean his he whole, just pouts he pouts and he like but he also like takes acid and like freaks out yeah okay here's the deal um shallow madness right mm-hmm. that's a band he's in with yes. ian and um Balfie. i mean honestly i was just reading over it today i mean i can't keep the teardrops straight in my mind in terms of like you know Finkler I mean Dave Pickett like I hardly know you I'm gonna be honest like I I don't know you I never knew you you have not been fleshed out for me as a human what do you say Shane like where do you where are you and Dave Pickett I don't know I'm not a fan (laughs) necessarily but I do like them when I've listened to them and uh I um so anyway there's <laughs> Mac is like trying to you know he's trying to be the lead singer for this band a shallow madness okay at the very beginning he's really into the band and he's like writing songs and stuff and then he just starts being late he would come late and then whatever they had been doing he would be all like mm, I don't like it yeah what kind of person is that? That's a whiner person. That's a whiner. <laughs> is that a fun bandmate? And here's the thing, Shane. They Wait, kick what? Him, they kick him out of the band, the Shallow Man. Oh, yeah, yeah. And here's the thing. He lives with them. Mm, that's never easy. He lives with them. We they talked have about practices. this before, I think. Here's the other aspect that I don't think we discussed is that like, he was late right? He was late to practices. He's like in a room upstairs running late. He's mm. like taking a nap. Mm. He's right no there. No excuse, right. They could just start and wake him up okay. just with the sound right, of the drum. Right. So it's like he's like no show. He's a no he, show guy. But he's, in, but he's in the home. <laughs> They're like, he's here, but he's not here. That's right. I just found an interview I wanted to say, because we were talking about Teardrop Explodes, so I'm sorry, I grabbed my phone, because I noticed that Teardrop Explodes has a Twitter account. Oh, Lord. Oh, but it's unofficial. That's so weird that you found this video, because I'm about to do a little sidebar segment about Balfi. Huh. And uh, do you want to listen to the David Balfi? Do you want to just flesh the guy out a little bit? Well, I'm looking at this picture of him, and he's old, and he's giving an interview, because it's, you know, it's probably more recent. Right. But I... Uh, <laughs> Realize that like I had no I have no picture of this man in my mind, so I kind of want to watch a little bit of this. Julian Cope had been a guy that we noticed around the Eric scene. He was sort of not quite a nobody, but not quite one of the main guys. But he was very talkative and friendly, and you'd get to you just find yourself chatting to him a lot. I mean, uh, and he announced that he'd had this new band and we were thinking, well, we've got to do something after this Big in Japan's posthumous EP. And so he said he was doing a gig and we went to the gig and we thought it sounded pretty good. Um, and we said, okay, let's do it. And um, kind of got involved with the band in general. And I, I can't remember how exactly we zeroed in on Sleeping Gas as being the A-side, and I think we did two B-sides. All right, and okay. I, what? 
a beautiful story that he is threading together for us with, you know, such passion. And uh, I just want to say he describes Cope as not quite a nobody, but not one of the main guys. That's very, not very flattering. It's not very flattering. It really paints a picture, though. You know those people? Just, I mean, basically, he was like, he talks a lot. He's ever-present. He's, <laughs> he's at the shows. He's present. He's, uh, he's talking a he's lot. Talking. Mouth is moving. He's, he's saying things. He knows about bands, yeah. so he's, he has knowledge, and he's, he's going to always just yeah be there. Not the main guy. I want to tell you the top comment on this video of this Balfi interview from a year ago. According to Cope, Balfi was off his trolley for the entirety of the teardrop explodes period. He's clearly, if the splendid trappings around him are to be believed, done plenty of reviewing of his options since. Balfi is a businessman, finally, who got in on the coattails of creativity in his 20s. Oh, damn. Mm. This is a drama band. There's a lot. There's a lot of, of drama for your mama going on with Teardrop Explodes Land. It's kind of fun. And Balfi's just kind of like sitting there in a nice apartment, just riding the coattails of creativity. That's right. Talking about using his mom's car to drive drumming around. And aren't we grateful for that car? That car also drove Teardrop. It drove. I mean, that was their car too. I think it was That's a great. big car. So. I, to be to just to lay it out, I have nothing against Balfi. I don't know. I'm not. I don't care. About I always these. thought he seemed really cool. Love the name, but then I just today I was starting to notice. I'm like God, no one's really uh, singing his praises yet. Much, you know but maybe about, he's gonna. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He was there, you know. He was there. But we digress. So, just to give a little review once more. So, Mac is in this band. He's being a whiner. This band that's called A Shallow, a Shallow Madness. Madness. Okay. A Shallow Madness is a band with Ian, mm-hmm. Dave Pickett, Mick Finkler, Simo, that's Paul Simpson, mm-hmm. and Julian Cope. Okay? Okay. okay. All the members of A Shallow Madness go to the show together, and everyone loves this band that's playing at Eric's. They love him. But Mac doesn't like that band. He's like, I don't like that band. They're like, we love it. And he's like, well, I don't. And they're like, we love this band called, what is it? We love it. We love it. L.A. I, I love, love LA. L.A. Delac, I love you. Delac, I love I you. Love All right, what about them? I love Delac, I love you. Wait, who are they? Dalek, Dalek, Black, Black. <laughs> Why don't I know what that? How to say that? What is that? Oh, Dalek. Dalek, Dalek, y'all. Black. <laughs> All right. Who is this Dalek? I love you. There's a rap band called Dalek. Okay, this was a synth pop group. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hmm. And it was from a place called Wirral. Wirral. Is that like a Wirral, sub- England. The suburb of, of of Liverpool or what? I don't know. I mean, we're just supposed to know. Like the person who wrote this assumed we would just know. Okay. They were also sometimes known as Dalak. 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 Uh, <laughs> so 
Guess who's in this band? Hmm. Is someone I know? Okay. <laughs> this is when Dave Balfi, hmm. David Balfi, enters into Teardrop's life. Okay. Of. So, yeah. Now, this band we're talking about, Daylac, mm -hmm. is a mid-70s uh, joint. It's like a, you know, death, death school day, okay. it seems like okay. to me. Okay. okay. How do it they is... fit into all this? <laughs> well, this is the band that they all just went to see. Everyone liked it, but Mac. Oh. All right, according to Cope. So, um, this is a band with David Balfi and Alan Gill. And Keith Hartley. Right? Wow. Okay. These are <laughs> these are three residents from a Thingwall. Thingwall. Okay. T h i n g wall. That is one word. That's a place in England. And so their claim to it's fame the is that they were they played a show that Echo and the Bunnymen went to. Listen. Before. Yeah. They formed a band called Mr. McKenzie. Hmm. In November of 1976, okay, as punk was emerging, all right, it started kind of influencing the band, and they renamed themselves Radio Blank. I want to know why I, I kind of like the name Radio why Blank. Do, why do I care about this? <laughs> I kind of like the name Radio Blank, though. Okay. So there was a band. These three guys were friends, and they just played some of their own material. Some of it was a, was covers. Okay. You know? Um. In 1977, though, the band really kind of, like, formed itself. And it was inspired by craft work. Okay. It was uh, David Balf who was real into craft work. Okay? Well, that's good for and him. And good for them. <laughs> after Daylight. Is that, so like, a Doctor Who villain? Do you know anything about that? Mm -mm. Do you know Doctor Who? No. Now, you got to listen to some Daylight. All right. So you okay. Can get a little, here we go. How about... Horoscope. Yeah, there's like a almost like a Tears for Fears quality to the vocal style. The, definitely. The weird thing about Tears for Fears, though. Yeah. Which I didn't realize till recently, I guess, is that when I, cause I, you know, I knew their hits, and they're great hits. Yeah. I didn't realize that the rest of their album was like jazz fusion. <laughs> I know. That's so fucking crazy. <laughs> anyway. Oh, so that's sad. They're like they're I mean, like virtuosic musicians. Oh, I mean, they're those songs. But it's I so love ridiculous songs that album. Chair. Yeah, I didn't realize as a kid that it was ridiculous. Like I, I was like, "This is so beautiful." Oh, it's the beautiful. I'm, on, I'm, not, I'm in the city now. It. I just was like, "Whoa!" No. Well, this sounds like well, Pat Metheny Group or something. Exactly. Like, and I, I do knock that stuff. Um, yeah, personally. I've been going through a big Pat Metheny thing lately. I know. I still, it's like I still can't appreciate it on the level that people that love it do. Yeah. But I, I'm like, I'm like, allowing it to. Watch be absorbed it. and listen to it but anyway but the, anyway sorry that's <laughs> how we got there i just had to bring in some, some I, jazz I, I love talking about tears fears stuff yeah but we were talking about Dalek. uh i love you <laughs> but um interesting sounds everything's very um keyboardy and yeah 
the like, birth of synthpop. I mean, like, which actually technically started with crowd rock and then sort of yeah. in the 60s with craft work yeah. being the obvious. And then synthpop, you know, becomes such a thing because you got mm-hmm. Gary Newman. Oh, you know, it's right, a whole right. thing. Yeah, it reminds me of that too. Yeah. And new wave. Yeah. Synthpop. They bleed into each other. And thus are Echo and the Bunny Men adjacent. And we're talking about them. There we go. Right now. <laughs> okay. So let me tell you more about this band. Oh, okay. <laughs> Do you like uh-huh. what's my problem? This is what I want you to know about Dalek, though. If there's, n- if you don't come away with anything else, to me, this is the most important thing you need to know. This is my big takeaway. Okay. Okay. So Balfi leaves the group, right? Guess who joins this band? Who? Andy McCluskey. Andy motherfucking McCluskey. Who that? <laughs> From OMD, baby. From oh, Orchestra no Maneuvers in the Dark. Yeah, this is but an important this is band. Before OMD. This is this is before OMD, yeah, because this was a short-lived, you know, but very early kind of synth pop. Cells band. dividing, man. Dude, it's cells right? dividing. When I read that, because I was like, oh, I can't believe I have to talk about this band, yeah. but they mention it, so I'm like reading along, and I'm like, oh wait, this is. This is to be not to be taken lightly. No. Nope, okay. That's a, that's a, they're they're a they're a big player. They're a big player, and that's important to say. Okay. All right. I hope so. Because <laughs> they're not. They are not often discussed in the lexicon mm-hmm. of like the bunny men realms. You know, they're not. We wouldn't really describe them though as like not one of the main guys, <laughs> but you know. Right. What? I don't think we would because they're like. This is the thing. They're making music at the same time in the same city and they don't cross paths. Hmm. I think it's because they're in like different groups. Yeah. Now the music isn't, you know, all that similar. It's pretty different. Yeah. But But true, true. But it's in the same genre. It's in the same section of the record shop and it was in the same soundtrack. They they, they seem to have a... um like a little bit more, uh, how shall I say this, musicality. Uh, like, do they have some training? They had, well, I don't know. We want to talk about orchestral maneuvers. We do want to talk about okay. them, but not, but not tonight. Okay. But I wanted. But I was I thinking about just in my mind, like their earlier music seems a little bit more polished. Definitely, yeah. that's my. Or a lot more. That's I think so too. Yeah. Maybe they had more training. Yeah, it's a little cleaner. A little cleaner. It'll be interesting to find out when we do our breakout session. Maybe maybe we'll do it, you know, four weeks from now when we don't have anything on the schedule. But for now... We have a schedule We uh, <laughs> for the first time. But for now, we're going to just plow ahead. In the history of our podcast. <laughs> we're thinking three ahead, man. Three ahead. I mean, I'm hardly... Instead of just extemporaneously <laughs> producing... All right, so anyway, back to in 1978, Balfi left the group. Mm. Okay, to manage other bands such okay. as the Teardrop Explodes. Okay. He joined Big in Japan, okay? He was a scene star. He was His the name man. was Balfi. Yep. And <laughs> we first find out about him in a band called Dalek. Dalek. No, but that's why we want to know about this band. That's that's it. That's the birth of Balfi into the story. <laughs> Yeah, and that's a little bit about him in his past. All right. right? Mm. Um, Well, he did real well for himself.
Okay, so to wrap up the sidebar within a sidebar and get back to the <laughs> original story about the shallow madness, um, which is also itself a sidebar. Right. Um, I'm just stepping from sidebar to sidebar <laughs> here. Going to get back to the the main bar back to here the in future, a second but now we're in the past of the shallow madness okay all the members of shallow madness go to the show together and everyone loves this band that's playing at eric's but mac he doesn't like this shit he feels like you know he's not into the synth pop stuff he's not He's not feeling it. Yeah. Everyone else is like so inspired. I can really relate to that. Yeah. Right. right? When like people like, you're like so many people, you know, are like into something. Yes. And you're like, are you really into it? Like how, or how could you be? <laughs> I'm going to give an example. Um, so Steely Dan is a band that has been like blown so out of proportion in recent times very recent times like last like, couple of years it's like a it's like a twitter thing and so i honestly thought like i mean they're fine i guess you know but like but, but there's it's this like, like pe- a hipster thing it's yeah like, but it's not it's like everyone i don't know like it's really it's like uh i thought it was there was a like i think that there would be an uh-huh. irony <laughs> let me say this again oh. i felt like there was an irony at work in people's uh, hyperbole about Steely Dan. And I don't think they're being ironic. But when I listen to the music, it feels very ironic to me because it's just it's about annoying. excess and it's just very like just Basic. funky, chill vibe. But, you know, is that Freebird? That's Leonard Skinner. That's okay. the Southern Rocks. Okay. So Steely Dan has been picked out, you know, as the pinnacle, I guess, right. you know, of, of all music. And yeah. And I, uh, and I feel so alone. So I must feel. So I mean, I must feel like how Mac. <laughs> That's how I mean, Mac. He's feels. like at the show, and everyone's just like into this, like kind of like peppy stuff. And yeah. then you're like, I don't, I don't. Well, you sound like an asshole first of all, because you like you're it? like, I don't like it. Or the spiel I just gave, I just sound like this asshole who's like <laughs> dissing this music. And it's like I want to like it, and I put it on, and I'm like, I've tried a few times. I put it on, but totally. I feel like my life would be so much simpler because I just want to like hang out with everybody and like be like. If you could just like what the teardrops were liking, you know, yeah. you wouldn't have to like be kicked out of the band or whatever. Now, was he just being a naysayer? There's also those well, there's people. That. There's that. There's the person yeah. who's like, man, like it just on principle, and you're trying to get them to be excited. You're trying to play them the music. Probably. Like, you know. There's probably an element of that. There's probably an element of that too. All right, but nonetheless, whatever happens, once he leaves, Mike's like, I'm leaving. <laughs> and he stormed out and he walks home. He's a little drunk. Everyone's a little, a little drunk. <laughs> once he walks home, guess what's going to happen? Everybody is going to start talking shit about Mac. They're going to mm. start bringing up all, all the grievances. Yeah. All of them just his attitude oh, just I'm how he is like, i'm sick of him too man Who does he think he is i know he's always late but then it's like whenever i introduce a riff yeah man just whenever i say weight he does never listen to me either when i'm playing the drums that's davy pickett mm. davy pickett and like everything i do he criticizes me and i don't appreciate it one bit Mm-mm-mm. okay so they're sitting around talking about him all night 
Just and they so just he comes in and poops on their parade, right? And uh, and then leaves, and then leaves, and they're just like, Mm-mm. no, 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 no. They got all wound up and just were drinking, drinking and, just kept and talking. talking. That was the whole deal. That's what happens you know? when someone gets mad at you. <laughs> I know from experience. <laughs> and then they have time to like talk about it. They talk amongst themselves over a and, drink. But you know what? It's funny about it. What is that? Like. It kind of, it's just, I don't know Mac personally or whatever, but, yeah. you know, but kind of seems like he really doesn't give a shit, you know? Yeah. Like, he's, he is, he is that, you know, that <laughs> attitude. And, and if, and they couldn't. And like, he didn't like that there's too band. many cocks on he the block, like though. The, yeah, he didn't like it. He didn't like lack. it. Lock, I love you. Yeah, he, he's edgier. And that's another thing they were saying at the dinner table, at the kitchen table. They were like. And I'm tired of being cool all the time. Why do we always have to be cool? Let's just do something Let's fun. Let's be fucking nerds and fucking nerd out with the 60s shit. All yeah. right. But Mac, you know, he wanted everything to be cool, and he hated everything. He and naysayer. Yeah. Now, Shane, I want to talk about the shallow madness. The a shallow madness. <laughs> I want to talk about them for a minute. Because, like I said, I unearthed. From the seven-year-old bowels of YouTube, I, I extricated this, this recording of them, and I, I was kind of surprised. All right, I want to see if you are as well. So let's just, without further ado, let's just play this motherfucking shit. I just lost it. Oh, all right. I'm so curious. Aren't you? What is I'm that? a curious man. Okay, here we go. Yeah, check it out. Here's an ad for you. So I got my about auto insurance okay your extended warranty has expired okay listen everybody Nice effort, guys. <laughs> All right. So. They're kids, man. What do you want? They're kids. <laughs> is that all we're going to say about it? Well, it sounds like the song read it in books. It is. It is that bo- It is that song. It's I was confused song. because I thought that was a uh, Echo and the Bunnyman song or also in <laughs> a Teardrop Explodes song. That's just it. This was a song. This is why they can't decide who wrote it. So, uh, is that the only Shallow Madness song that ever happened? No, there's another one. Listen to this. I like the organ. Sounds like the residence, kind of. Hmm, that's true. Go 
<laughs> Go, Davy Piggott. Okay. All right. Where's Matt? Interesting. He's asleep. <laughs> He's asleep. Yeah. It's almost over. Yeah, there's this, there's like oh, a version God. of this is like a uh, I don't know. It's got like a, almost a Link Ray-ish quality to it, but the really poor drumming. <laughs> what? So nice. <laughs> I mean, I'm just trying You're to trying. figure. I'm trying to figure out where they're coming from. I'm just saying, like, you know, uh, <laughs> Link it's like Ray. a Link Ray's kind of you know just minimal like rockabilly vibe. <laughs> surf. All right. Uh, oh god that is just unbelievable that's it mac wake up mac he's not awake all right let's just let's just uh, this song is called straight rain that is some straight straight up rain right there all right okay um, oh god cool. i'm glad we have those <laughs> for reference uh yeah <laughs> This is kind of like the episode where we like saying nothing smart about anything. You know no, I mean they did. That was uh, you could see the the seed of. So anyway, they sacked him from the band, and he was all sad and butthurt, you know. And he would like go off with Smelly Ellie's sister, who was like his girlfriend, his first girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. And then. And so ever since then, Cope has felt bad and like was trying to help him out. He felt sad for him. He felt sad for this guy, Will. Poor guys. Nobody wanted them. Really? Does he say that? Yes, he does. I felt bad for him. Well, he was, he's more like, there's no one. I know. He's like, there's no one who wanted there. Oh, there's, where can I find that fucking passage? Les. Oh, here we go. Okay. Then Mac told me that he and Will were getting places. They had jammed for hours along with Will's drum machine. He and Matt got talking. This is page 85, head on. A conversation I never heard, and a pretty low-key one, I'd imagine, as they were (laughs) the two most emotionally autistic guys I'd ever met. Will and Matt. (laughs) Uh All they had in common was rejection by us lot. (laughs) I knew... (laughs) It was hard on on both of them, but my hang-ups couldn't stop us this time. They started playing together, and that eased our guilt. So they're like the two losers. Bullshit. Damn, that's right, Shane. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. That is such a weird thing to write in He's mad. He's mad. It's not fair. It's not fair that they got more famous. Yeah, it's just like... It's Were like, they the super nerds of the nerd crew that is so he thought what punk that rock time, is? Hmm? Yeah, I don't know. It's like... He thought at the time, I guess. I mean, I don't, you know, I think he's being harsh. I think he's being hard on them on purpose because mm-hmm. he is he mad. He yeah. is mad, let me tell you. No, sounds, I'll read you some stuff. But he sounds more... Uh, we it, need it. It just sound, that just sounds pathetic, though. But also, I feel like he just, like almost celebrates histrionics in this way yeah I feel it's that. like he lets himself be really vulnerable to the point where it's almost uncomfortable he's like allowing you to see like his jealousy and his weakness but that's also kind of his power you know mm-hmm. that's like his thing just like being kind of like you know nonchalant and um you know having little jabs is like max thing his thing it's it's cringy you know it's like just so um, and I'm talking about, you know, periods of time when 
man was taking a lot of acid. And, you know, you can go down your own Julian Cope rabbit hole. I invite you to do so. You know, we're going to be talking about him throughout here periodically, and there. Periodically. periodically. We're going to be doing <laughs> It's not the uh, it's not Teardrop the, Explodes podcast. It isn't. Somebody but, should do one, though. Yeah. And we are going to have Allison Renner on here to... Uh, to discuss all of them our expert yes okay we needed to revisit this though mm. you know yes this drama this is a i mean this is one of the the spokes of the wheel man julian cope julian cope i mean he's this uh animosity yeah they are like what's rivals. it like now though i mean he's a blonde I mean, he's, one and a brunette yeah. one <laughs> well, he's still he's still out there he you is know, doing presenting. his thing. Everybody's fine now. I mean, spoiler alert, Cope is doing great, okay? He is like, he's like a scholar. He's like the foremost scholar on Krautrock in the world. He wrote a book, but it's like the definitive. Okay. Like rave reviews, like beautiful, like brilliantly researched, you know? Yeah. Like everyone. That's a, well, that's a real... Uh as accomplishment. Popular niche. You know, it's like he's uh it's like he's the smart one. But yeah, he did that. He I mean he does all kinds of stuff. Like you were saying, Stonehenge. Um what's that spinal tap song? Stonehenge. Okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> you know. He's doing all kinds of stuff and you know, some people like Teardrop Explodes. Some people better. even like their music. They like it better some people like it better no doubt yeah than the bunny man you gotta have a hit though yeah i think if they had get a, a hit, hit but we just didn't no, they know didn't. they didn't have a hit i mean that, like a real hit a global hit that like sweeps I think the world they did dude no they didn't did you, they? you get one hit them. and then that's it like you're famous forever you know yeah like a real hit that like that's a like a number one a like drummond was talking about how you know number one the mm. easy way they never in, get uh, one, number what one. Do you call it? Maybe the, they did over the there. Manual. Maybe they w- did in UK. But yeah, but you that, know what? That doesn't cut it though. You know what I mean? Like a global. <laughs> like we would have known about one. them in middle school. Like a big, like a hit. Yeah, like yeah. the you know, like I mean, like KLF, like KLF, Killing Moon, like you know, you knew that song big, your whole the, life. The thing about Killing Moon for me is that it was like familiar. I was like, <laughs> I remember, and then it wasn't until it came on in Donnie Darko that time and you were like oh i guess you know, i was like oh, oh wow God. This is good. and i was like cried cool. i was like is this tears for fears <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm like no well anyway um i know better now anyway cope was accomplished guy all right so he's happy now right yeah he he aged what he uh, well. did what he came to do he got Ian hooked up with Drummond. And their first show. I mean, what more? I no. mean, if you, if that were my contribution to, to the, the world, world, I would definitely not be having this meltdown that I'm currently having about what am I doing with my life. But anyway, let's get back on track. Um, all right, so here's what's going to happen. Julian Cope is going to recommend to Bill Drummond that he sign Echo and the Bunnymen. Hmm. Bill Drum is like, mm. um, but he kind of likes the name in his mind. He's like, that name's all right. It's not as good mm-hmm. as Teardrop Explodes, but it's an okay name, you know? Okay. Okay. Now, a couple of weeks later, they're all in the same place somewhere. 
they're sitting in a kitchen somewhere and McCulloch's there. Ian McCulloch. Okay. All right. And they're just talking. What else do you think they're doing? Smoking. Yep. <laughs> Probably drinking. And okay. drinking. Maybe eating eating a few Maybe snacks. Maybe having some snacks. All right. In a kitchen. Okay. Um, but he's like sitting around with Ian McCulloch and he he just goes ahead and just makes him an offer he can't refuse. He says, you know, we're doing these badges, right, for the teardrop explodes. And uh, if you agree to do a record with us, we'll we'll do you a button too or a badge. Ooh. What is a badge? Who the hell knows? These are dorks. <laughs> Got me a little badge. Anyway. Is that like a button? He's pressing some Oh, maybe buttons. they're like making a... buttons. Yeah, that's what it is. A button. Like... Never mind. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. I like the name badge instead of... For a button. For a button. That's kind of cool. But... But now they know what it is. If it's a button, that's cool. And it's also like... Who I thought can... they had their little band badge. Yeah, they needed... And if are he's going to make one too, then he has to do a record with them. Yeah. And he needs to know by tomorrow. Oh. Okay, so there's this thing that's going to happen for the bunny men where they're going to feel like total rock stars from the gate because they have two record companies who want to sign them right away, you know? Because they've got Eric's and they've got Zoo. Wow. Okay, so let's break this down. You got two guys who want you to be on their label, okay? Yeah. Two local guys. You're like 19, 20, you know, you're just, you're a teen. Yes. Okay? So there's two guys. Mm -hmm. There's the guy, the old guy who owns the record store. Right. The teddy bear guy. The label. These are two labels. Burgeoning labels, okay? Yeah, okay. You got Eric's Records, uh-huh. you got Zoo Records. Okay. We're going to start with Eric's Records. Mm-hmm. You got Roger Eagle. Yes. He's like your your local, maybe like Ort or something in Athens. Okay, okay. He's like good storyteller, knows all the best music. He's like the dad of the scene. Got it. He's like, you know, and he's got a friend who's really cool and savvy. Yeah. And that's, you know, It feels forward. good. It feels good, okay? Just imagine, picture yourself. How would you make the decision? Right. Now, then you also have the slightly older guy. I'm talking about Bill Drummond. Uh-huh. He's a little older than you, so he seems like a lot older than you because right. you're like a teen. Yeah. Okay. okay? Yeah. So he's Scottish. Mm-hmm. Everyone there, as I've said, they like that. They think the Scottish people are cool. It's kind of like being... I don't know, a cowboy or something, I think, if you're from Scotland. Uh, <laughs> and, you're, okay. and, you know, so he's got the swagger. He's got the accent. Yeah. Um, he's got a lot of ideas. Mm-hmm. He talks a lot. I bet he's kind of a punisher, maybe. Yeah. He yeah. has some stage experience. So you know he's got his shit together. Some stagecraft, yeah. Yeah, he's done some traveling. He seems worldly. And he's got a friend also, Balfi. He's cool, too. Yeah. Who are you gonna choose? Like, who do you think your your kid self would have chosen? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, the fast talking Scott. Yeah. Or I would probably the fatherly. <laughs> well, as a teen, I was just thinking I'd have all these other considerations. Yeah. But as a teen, I would think about a teen. Yeah, because okay. I'd be like, well, I don't, you know, because yeah, I wouldn't would you be more because I have no experience. So it's hard to say. Like, I would. Uh, Probably go with who was cooler, right? You were really taken with Drummond. 
and like I think that Drummond's uh, seductive. Very. They're all still. They all still like him. To some, yeah. when someone talks about something in a very, you know, direct and matter of fact and very enthusiastic way. Right. About something that doesn't make sense, it's even more compelling. Like if he was a D and D character, yes. right? Like he's his charisma would be like twenty. You know, right. like he he has really high charisma. I'm sure he becomes a pain in the ass. Like after a certain amount oh, of time, yeah. like you know, if we had to like live with him or something. But like, <laughs> but you know, as far as like being charismatic, he's you know he's very seductive. I noticed him in that music video, which honestly I thought he had nothing to do with it, which I kind of like. Talking about KLF, yeah. I noticed him though. I was like, <laughs> that guy the in the raincoat is all windmilling. Windmilling. I was just like, who is he? Kind of brilliant. Yeah. KLF, y'all. Do you understand how that hit our lives here so weird. in America? Like CNC Music Factory, like smacked down by that. Oh my I'm god! It's the best sixth grade thing like, that I've ever South Florida seen. Like, well, this is a cool sounding thing. I mean, it just made me want to like live he, in the yeah. future. I feel like if he uh, heard this, he'd be like, "Oh, these I know, idiots!" Because because right? uh, like because because like, he's messing he's, with you. He's just kidding. Yeah. And also, he's like, I don't think. Yeah, it's just like it's a joke exactly yeah it's yeah. a joke and and then and then he's like this like fine artist you know like or in a way you know like but where it's do you like, know what i wonder too though is underneath all of it is he a little bit serious and he has to make a joke out of it because maybe he's he serious does i that's my hunch he's is a dreamer like, he's a in dreamer the like in the early 2000s <laughs> we like found out that he that they're just some weird anarcho like made up band. Yes. We just and but we So I started really yeah. looking into him then and I listened to his interview about, you know, burning a million dollars. Yeah. And I was like kinda like, this isn't the anarchy that I'm trying to to focus on right yeah. now. This isn't this is more showbiz I think than actual like Peter Kropotkin, you know, theories of right. anarcho syndicalism. This is what KLF is about. Also known as the justified angels of the moon. Furthermore, known as the change. So they, that's it. So they, basically what happened was this. Oh, okay. Cope was like, you should sign them. Yes. He was like, I don't know. But then he probably also told Ian to give him a call. Yeah, he, but he's got to know by tomorrow. Okay. Mm. Okay. So... And it's really just like a 27 or 23 year old guy's like, I have a record company, man. And if you join it, I'll make some buttons with your <laughs> band name on. This is what has happened. Let's just state the obvious. Yeah. To entice someone with a badge is very teenage. You would be excited about that if you I were mean, 15. I mean, they just did things. They don't. They, yeah. They don't. Uh... Much is made of these things. Yeah. <laughs> we have to talk about them. I know. Ian McCulloch, you know, is he a guy who really is like a go-getter and shows up on time and does stuff? Nope. You know, but apparently he did pick up that phone and call Bill Drummond and says, no, do it. Okay. I mean, just <laughs> basically what happens is this. I heard there's some badges, mate. <laughs> are you uh, uh, are being offered? I've been thinking about the badge thing. Yeah. That's bloody cool. I don't want to do it. I guess. Uh, <laughs> you know, we have to remember Mac. So far, I mean, he has really. Now, he, I could see mm. him as being a little more exuberant than that, though. Yeah. He's so wide-eyed. We'll do it. You know. All right. I mean, I think he can get excited. You know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, clearly. But 
And also remember that he would take a really long bus ride carrying just a guitar outside of a case because Will lived out in the boonies. And like Ian would have to take a bus, like, I don't know, like 40 minutes. And there was transfers and shit. And no guitar case also. He was one of those guys without a guitar case yeah. that you see we, we know we see those guys i had a bandmate with no bass case and she just carried that thing in her car and felt embarrassed but you know i mean it's hard to uh afford one when you're young yeah and, and also just, it's just kind of like you know just be careful <laughs> but that's annoying well at yeah the same time and and it's cold there i tell you though it shows ian's dedication though that's what i'm saying way, you know he made it out there he would make that happen just to play with his little friend will play some music yeah. with their little um drum machine that's right All right, so they sign with a record label. Bloop. If you want to call it that, but that's <laughs> sure. A guy agreed to put their record out, but that's what a record label is. Your friends yeah, put your shit out. it could be your out. friend. It could be your neighbor. That's how it begins. That's how it all begins. Anyone can own a record label if they just write the name Come of a band Come up with a name and a logo and put out a record. You're now a record label. Distribution, promotion, all that crap. Mm, that's another story, but... But, uh, All right. Well, tune in next time when we'll be joined by a very Will special motherfucking guest. sergeant <laughs> is on the podcast talking with his words and like yeah he's here he's coming he's joined us he's anointed us I mean uh, at the I don't very know if he end, knows what he got himself into <laughs> at the very <laughs> end he was like so who set this up <laughs> um, but anyway we. We are just so appreciative. So so definitely you'll want to join us next time. And, you know, you can write us a letter at echoinherepodcast at gmail.com. See you next time. 